Welcome to the Innovative Leader Podcast, featuring Christy Geiger, Executive Coach with Synergy Strategies, and David Phillips, Professor, Consultant, and Coach. Hey, we would love to hear from you here at the Innovative Leader Podcast. Christy and I would love to get messages from you to have uh, an idea of what your thoughts are about this podcast. So we would love to, for you to send us a message at anchor.fm slash innovative leader. Just go there, click on that send a message button. You can record a message straight from your phone or the website. Let us know what you're thinking about what we're sharing. We'd love it specifically about one podcast and we'll share those messages as we receive them. Thanks so much. So welcome back to the Innovative Leader Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Christy is back with us, back with me today. And uh, today we're going to talk about um, talent and success and, and hiring and how we, uh, three keys um, to, for, for leadership success when you're looking at hiring and, and acquiring talent. Um, that is um, such a big deal um, because, because if you have people that either don't fit your organization or don't, um, or, or lack the competency to, um, to succeed in that organization, that creates a lot of problems for, um, for the rest of your team. Uh, in fact, it's almost, I, I personally think it's better to not have someone in that position than to have someone who can't effectively do the job because now you're having to go back behind them. You're having to, uh, to, to take care of the issues. You're having to do your job and their job. Uh, and you're tr- and it's, it's mentally, emotionally, physically draining. Uh, and so today we want to, we want to talk about, uh, you know, the, the talent acquisition process a little bit about how to select top talent, how to uh, set them up for success. And in doing that, we, um, we empower and enable um, our organization. We allow it to move forward rather than draining it of resources. Uh, and so as Christy and I were talking a little before we started recording, um, there's, a, there's a lot of pieces that go into this. Um, you know, how you hire says almost as much about uh, who you hire says almost as much about you as it does the person uh, that you've hired. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Christy? How do, you, how do, we, how do we start this, this leadership process and begin to think about hiring and acquiring talent? Yeah, great. So <clears throat> like we often say with leadership is a great organization really is on the back of a great leader. And part of that is about how we lead and what we, a couple of weeks ago, we did what we allow. So this is kind of in that category too. Like if we are not paying attention to our hiring process, if we're not paying attention to our culture and our talent, then we actually are allowing a lot of lack of performance in our organization, which might be about um, culture gaps in the organization, or it might be a misunderstanding of direction or a lack of accountability because there's a lack of measurables. There's so many things that 
have residual effects. And often as leaders, we see it down the stream and we're like, hey, what's going on with that? Why isn't that getting done? Hey, why, why aren't people treating this seriously? Um, how do we get that culture? And so they look down the stream and they try to troubleshoot issues down the stream that are really a byproduct that starts way up here in hiring. Now, we typically don't talk about HR things and hiring and things like that because our focus is more towards leadership. But right. this really is a solid leadership topic because today we're gonna to talk about three things that you do as a leader that really begin to create your team to find really great talent that creates the culture you want and generates the results that you're going for. And so this topic for leaders, it's not about you being an HR guru. Right. It's about you setting a clear direction so the right people get on the bus. And when you're getting bad results, often there's a gap somewhere in the process. So today we're just gonna go over that so that you can kind of assess and review, is there something in your process and your hiring and the way that you're looking at this that may be creating a gap in the team that you have and that people aren't bad, but if they're not set up for success right. and if they're, they're not put in a role that really supports their strengths, they can't really succeed. And that's not their fault. To me, that's our fault as right. leaders. No, absolutely. I mean, if you are not, um, uh, if you're hiring someone just to fill a spot, that again, it says as much about you as a leader as it does about them because you're the one doing them a disservice by putting them in the wrong spot. Mm -hmm. um, and you are, are creating an environment where they can't succeed, uh, whether it's by just a, a general lack of knowledge, um, you know, or, or other, they're just in the wrong spot. Uh, and when they are in the wrong spot, then they, there, it, it creates um, it creates issues across the board for your team. And so, as a leader, we we need to think about how we uh, put together our our talent uh, practices, our our talent acquisition policies, uh, because ideally you want to hire the best people. Um, you want to hire them and and put them in a role that that they can function and they can uh, succeed in, um, instead of putting them in a misplaced or mismanaged role. And yet. Too often, we, we just try to fill a position because if the position's open instead of hiring the right person and being patient. Uh, and so we'll talk about some of those three things, those three things today. And so the first one is um, to have clarity on the direction, the vision, and the need. And, and not just that, but what players are needed on the team to make that happen. So uh, talk a little bit more about that, um, Christy, on, on, you know, clarity is people will follow clarity over certainty. Uh, and so clarity is, is huge within our leadership pieces, um, but we need uh, to be um, to be clear on the direction of our organization, the vision that we have for it, and then really what we need, uh, what roles we need, um, and, uh, and be able to, to, to present that to our team so that they can understand it. Uh, share a little bit more about that, Kristen. Yeah, so with direction, again, a lot of times when we're hiring, we just assume those things are all in place and solid. And we sometimes even neglect to communicate that when we're hiring. 
But if you go back to some of the Simon Sinek books, the whole start with why, this is really about the why. Why, are, why do we want someone to join the organization? Why is that person joining the organization? We know today millennials tipped over 50% of the workforce and that they are very cause-driven. As are in our 4.0 world, many people are cause-driven. They don't want to just do a job and be in the grind. They want to do something that matters and something that makes a difference. And that is around our cause, which mm -hmm. really has to do with our direction. So as right. an organization, you're thinking about where are we going? What are we up to? What is the purpose of this organization? And what are we trying to achieve and accomplish? And that has to do with what we believe in and what, what we are desiring to create. And that really is about our direction. That's the direction we're headed. And when we can communicate that to people who are looking to onboard into the company, we're almost sometimes interviewing for the wrong things. We want to know, do you want to head north? Because we're headed north. Do right. you like heading north? Does that sound good to you? Were you already heading north? Okay, cool. So let's talk about that more. And then vision plays to direction because vision is what does this look like? Mm -hmm. So when you might be headed north and I might be headed north, but maybe we're doing it differently. You might be walking and I might be in a car or you might be on a bike and I'm on a motorcycle or whatever it is, right? So what does the vision look like? And the vision, as you were saying earlier, it doesn't matter if it's not done. It actually is important that it's not done. That's the challenge. That's the inspiration. That's the, I get to be part of creating this. Right. And so when we have a vision and we inspire people towards that vision because they see, oh, this is what this organization is about. And this is what it looks like when they're doing it well. And then that third question is, who do we need to get there? So if we are going north and we would like to do that trek in, you know, two days, who do we need to to make that happen and it falls apart. Then now she falls a little bit apart. But yeah. the point is like, who do you need on the bus in order to make that happen? Right. And so it's not just our classic organizational, you know, spots hanging underneath that org chart where, okay, we need the HR person, we need sales, we need operations, we need finance. No, that's how we get cogs in the wheel. That's very right. 2.0. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I'm, I'm just, as, as, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, here we have, um, you know, we, 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 we have these roles that need to be filled and, 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 you know, as an entrepreneur or maybe as a small organization, the, 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 the leader, the CEO, CXO, whatever, ends up doing a lot of that in, in, if they can't outsource it. Um, and so you try to fill those roles because that work needs to be done and you think oh, I can at least take some pressure off myself or I can take some pressure off of maybe, you know, someone else who's doing 10 things. But, but the question is, do you really need that? Uh, you know, there, there are so many different groups these days that will offload some of those, some of those things for you. Um, freelancers, HR people, I mean, uh, uh, companies that will handle your, your HR needs. So, um, and, and in many cases, it's, it's better to offload that than just to put somebody in that spot. And, and like you were saying, we, you have a direction you're trying to get. You have a, a goal that you're trying to meet. There are things you're trying to do. And, and what you want to do is to bring the people around you who can get you there as opposed to filling out an order chart. Uh, mm -hmm. Because that is, um, 
like you said, it's just you're just putting cogs in a wheel instead of creating an organization that has direction, motivation, cause um, that is in it for the long term as opposed to just trying to draw a paycheck, um, those kinds of things. So that I just that was what was what was coming to mind as you were talking about that. Yeah, that's an interesting. That's a really great point around using a partner company or using freelancers versus hiring because sometimes, and I do see that in coaching with business owners where they're like, they feel stuck in this place where they need to expand. So they're trying to figure out how to hire talent, but then they can't quite afford it. And it's this catch 22. And in today's world, really we have evolved where you don't have to hire the person that that might be the best option to right. hire somebody, but it might be better to do a freelancer. It might be better to do temp for a while. It yeah. might be better to find that partner organization. I think that's great. But to your point, that really plays into what is our direction? What is our vision and who do we need? And in that recipe of who do we need, you may need two contractors and you may need two short-term people and you may need two partner organizations and you need two hires, which these next two points that we're going to get to are very, um, you could probably use it for all of them, but it's just very serious when you hire someone. It's very costly to hire somebody. So you want to hire strong because that process of onboarding and training, and then if they're not the right person, is tough and we we want to invest in people we want to grow with people we just don't want to go oh you're the wrong person and let them go so when you're bringing someone on we really are committing to them yeah and and it costs so much to hire and onboard um you know that's why a lot of people um uh and and i've heard it said and and I've, i've experienced it 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 is cheaper to give someone a raise or to give them more benefits than it is to, to let them walk and then go try to find somebody to fill their spot. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I just think back, so I was using a virtual assistant. I read um, Tim Ferriss's book, Four Hour Workweek, back in mm-hmm. 2006, 2007. And I was using a virtual assistant back then. I was paying $10 an hour uh, and they were getting stuff done for me. Um, and it was amazing. Um, and, and I loved it and, and they worked out, they worked out great. Uh, I think that, that in many cases, if that, if you can't find the right person, find the right company that you can, you can, um, out, uh, outsource that to, as opposed to, and it looks like I'm, uh, um, there we go. Find the right person to, that you can outsource to because they could probably do that job cheaper than you hiring somebody and bringing it on board. Um, and that allows you to, to hire somebody that really can propel you forward instead of just trying to fill the, the spot or, or take care of the function because those functions do exist and they have to, to be executed on. So. I agree. I think sometimes too, another kind of side philosophy that I like to follow as well is when you're trying to hire and you're not finding that right person, wait. Because sometimes maybe the way that you have that set up isn't the right position, or maybe your job title isn't quite right or whatever. Like I do think there's a bit of um, law of attraction, natural thing that happens is that when, when the right person isn't showing up, something's not right. 
So go back and assess it, assess what you're looking for. And to your point, maybe it's not a hire, maybe it's a company or something else, or maybe something else needs to be reshifted. Again, I've seen that often with business owners where they're looking for somebody, they think it's this, and then the right person isn't showing up. So they kind of back up, they regroup, and often it's a different position that they really needed to hire for. Right. So they thought it was this position, but when they regroup, they actually found a better position that was more supporting. Right. So in essence, we need to make sure we're hiring the right position based on the need and the vision uh, of, of our organization instead of just hiring someone to fill a spot. That kind of summarize yeah. that, that up. Yep. Yep. Okay. So yeah. Second, good. So second, second point is strong selection. So um, we, we need to have competency. We, we have to, to think about the fit um, for that role. We have to make sure the values match, the experience matches. Um, so yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, talk about the selection process and, and, and how we, how we kind of move um, how we, how we not, not finding someone because that's, that's more of a, an HR function, but let's talk about the, the, the selection process. Well, I like to, sometimes we are usually seduced to look at skills because right. skills are tangible and they're transactional. So it's really easy to go, do they have this skill? Check. Do they have this skill? Check. Okay, great. They have these 10 skills. All right, let's move them to the next stage. So skills are important, not minimizing that. Skills are important. But often we also say most hard skills can be taught. It's the soft skills that tend to be a little bit more challenging or make somebody a great fit for an organization or not a great fit for an organization. And so that's where I think it goes to a values match. And so the values match are what are our values in our company? So if we're a large company or we're a small company and we're fast growing or, and so one of our values is growth or we're a very large learning organization or we're a high innovation company. So if we're a high innovation company, that means that change should be expected and that it is rampant and happens on a daily basis. And if it's not happening, then something is wrong. But in a change organization, so we might go, okay, so one value is innovation, which means we're looking for change agents and people who are comfortable with change. Then next, we might also say, well, in order to have a innovation company and people who are comfortable with change, if you're moving at that speed, you actually need people with a growth mindset who are comfortable failing forward. Right. And they're not worried about being right. They're not worried about everything being so meticulous and organized because if you're like that, you can't move at that pace and you're not gonna be able to fail forward. Right. So we're looking for people who fail forward. We're looking for people who don't see failure as bad or as their identity, but people who see failure as winning and advancing. So now you've got this list of values of, this is who we are as a company. And then this is who we want to be bringing into the company because they match our value set. Not that you're trying to um, make people be you per se, but right. you are, and we've talked about diversity of thought and all of that, that's still important, but you have to have that basic DNA wiring 
in order to continue to move the company forward. So now if I interview someone and let's say that they are like, well, I like to think about things and, you know, I'm really a type A person and for me, I like to review it and review it again because I feel great when I have an excellent product. Okay, great. But you kind of have to interview and see how they're a match for that value system because if they're going to get caught so much in perfectionism, they're not going to be able to change fast enough to keep up with the norm of your organization. Right. And even though they had the right skill of whatever those skills that we had on the checklist, if they don't have that dynamic, um, and it's not even really a soft skill, it's, it's just this, it is kind of soft skill, but it's also, I call it just values match. It's like, right. do they share that energy or not? And if they do, they're going to be a great fit. If they don't, they're going to struggle. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, you know, like you said, skills can be taught. Um, skills can be refreshed. You know, I've gone into positions, you know, personally where I went into a programming position uh, several years ago and I hadn't done programming in five, 10 years. Um, but I had experience in, in that and um, I, had, I had all the kind of the skill set too, but, but uh, the values piece was so, was so huge. Um, you know, the, the goal of the organization was to essentially do what's best for the customer. And, and that, that matched my, uh, my thought process. And, um, you know, I always went into the, to, to the, uh, to things when I was looking for positions. And even as I was hiring for positions, I, I asked a, a lot of questions about, uh, about growth. Um, what, what's my professional development process? What, what have you done from a professional development or just your own, um, development, personal development, um, uh, when, when you're interviewing and, you know, I, of course, I'm a huge book. Guy. I remember uh, a time I, I left programming for a, a while uh, and I gave away probably about $2,000 worth of books. And, and I'd only been in it really about five years, but the, the mindset was this has got to be done and we need to, to get it done. And if I don't know how to do it, then I need to figure out how to do it. You know, so if it asks not the mindset of your of your organization, then don't hire people who who are constantly growing because they will grow faster than you will. That will put that will create tension between between you, uh, and then it becomes a personality thing and a growth thing, and they're going to get restless and they're going to want to move on. Um, so I think you really have to to hire the people that match um, the personnel and match the, the, the idea of the values of the company. I think that's, that selection process is huge. Um, like you were talking about, so. Yeah, it's good. And I think sometimes we wanna use the cliche, you know, oh, we should all be an innovation company. Oh, we should all be a learning company. But the reality is there are organizations that you're, you're not innovating at the same degree or it's a different, and it's not that you're not, it's just there's different degrees of innovation, right? And some are gonna innovate faster versus some organizations really need to have stability. And if you are changing things every day, you're never gonna make progress. Right. So whatever, it just depends on the organization. I think another thing in there is soft skills. You know, Do people need to have leadership, relationship skills, whatever it is. 
Right. Um, these different soft skills that we look for, what's important in the soft skills, and then the experience. And a lot of times when we make up our selection of who we need, we go for the best. We're like five years of experience. They're the perfect person. No, don't make the perfect person. Make the person who you really need and know where there's a growth spot and where there's not. Right. What else comes to mind for you about strong selection? Yeah, I think um, uh, you, you really have to, uh, I think those soft skills are becoming much more important today than they, than they were five, 10 years ago. Um, you know, you, you used to hire people uh, who were cogs that, that put their head down and just did their job and moved on. You can't do that. I don't think you can do that today in, in so many, so many industries. I think you've got to have um, those soft skills and, um, that's got to be, that's got to be a huge part of your selection process. You have got to, it's got to be more than a, a single interview, um, make a decision, move on. I, th I think there's, there's this whole relational component. Do you fit with them? Um, I think it's, it's almost got to be, um, you know, it, it would be really nice if we could, uh, if, if you could take a couple of days and just shadow someone or have them shadow you and kind of get to know them. I mean, it's hard to do that in a, uh, in, in this time because, you know, person's got to get off from work if they're, if they're working, those kinds of things. But, but, uh, you know, I've, I've hired people that, that I realized, you know, two weeks into the process, Oh, this was not the right fit. Uh, and if I'd had a little bit more time with them, I think I probably could have figured it out. Uh, and before making that hire, uh, I know people like, you know, some organizations like Chick-fil-A, you're when you're hired, you're almost automatically on a two week probationary period. They, they kind of figure you out and, uh, you know, make sure you're the right person for the, for the position, uh, cause they have such high expectations. Uh, it'd be nice if we could do that. The unfortunate thing is there's not many people that will leave a good job for a two week probationary period. Right. <laughs> For so sure. And especially makes, in key roles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that makes things so much more important, which, but if you, if you can recruit them, um, you know, and spend time with them and have multiple conversations with them, I, th I think that's, you know, we may need to, to transit, change our hiring practices instead of the, the interview, the offer, the acceptance and move on. I, I, I think you almost need to have that, that time where you can relate to them a little bit outside uh, of the organization, maybe just a dinner or something like that where you can. So I think those, I think that's, that's a huge piece of the process. I, I just think you, you've got to be able to, to figure out who they are personally, because everybody's going to say the, I mean, right. They always tell you as recruiters, when you're looking for a job and you find that, you know, you're going to into a, a company to, to interview that you, um, spend time finding out about the company, know what they do. So you, you're trying to anticipate questions and have the right answers to get the job. Uh, and, and, uh, so people are trying to get the job. You as a, as a leader have to figure out if they're the right person. And I think that's more than just the interview and, and, um, you know, than the offer, I think you got to spend some time with them and get to know them as a person a little bit. Oh. I like your idea about the lunch. I think I'm a big fan of using a Google form to actually your first level in an interview is filling out this online questionnaire 
that is already going through some of these skills and whatnot, but then to create better experience interviews, that's where group interviewing comes from. How do people right. handle that type of a pressure situation and how do they flex under pressure? So agree with that. Yep. All right. So the third uh, piece uh, to, to be solid onboarding, uh, have solid onboarding for the role, to have a, a mentor, yeah. Um, to, to give them training, to make sure that they have um, uh, the experience uh, with someone who's, who's in that role if possible, uh, to empower them, to, to set up measurables, to set up um, accountability. This is how we're going to, how you're going to be assessed. This is how you're going to do, how we're going to do performance evaluations um, and, and those kinds of things. So, so, so have all of that as part of the pro onboarding process so that Everybody has is clear. Uh, everybody's got an understanding of, of the experience that, that needs to happen. Um, have that mentor for a while, uh, and um, and make sure that that part of the process is is good. Um, what do you think on that? How are, how what's your your ideas or thoughts on that, Kristen? I agree. I really like thinking about it in a thirty sixty ninety. There's yeah. a really great book, the first ninety days, and it breaks down this incremental what are we doing the first 30 days what's happening 60 and 90 days and then to me like you said there is the mentoring and then reiterating what are our values what is our vision how do we work here and really setting people up for success so that they know their role what's their swim lane what's not their swim lane what are um, lines of authority or accountability authority is kind of 2.0 and old school but still what do they have the power to do? Because really today we are looking to empower people. And as a leader, your job is to clear the road so that they can do what they do. So if they have to keep hitting all these stops because the leader needs permission, you probably are not clearing the path and setting them up for success to be able to be the amazing superstar they are. And really as a leader, they're the superhero. Our team is the superhero. And our job is not to be the superhero as a leader, but to make them the superhero by making sure that they know what their role is and making sure that they understand the framework of that, who their team is, how, what support do they have, and then to me, the most important thing is measurables. How are we measuring success? What does success look and how are we measuring that so that accountability can be had? And to your point, like you were talking about in strong selection, if we're measuring that at 30, 60, 90, we know whether somebody is onboarding well and they're gonna have a solid takeoff or whether they're onboarding and they're struggling because they don't quite have the skill set and the competency is lacking or they don't quite have the soft skills to really do what we thought that they could or that they need greater training. We can catch that if right. we have a strong 30, 60, 90. If you don't, you're like, hey, here, you just get started. We don't know if it was a lack of training. We don't know if it's the system. We don't know if it's the process. And plus you're busy doing something else and you're not even paying attention until there's a problem. So strong 30, 60, 90 is critical, I think, to launch an excellent hire. Yeah, we, we tend to just do things. We don't, there's no intentionality about a lot of that. There's no plan moving in. Um, I've noticed that with, with when, when I've been hired in situations, there's no real plan. It's just come in and figure it out. And, right. um, and, and that's not, that doesn't set the, the, the hiree up for success. That, that 
um, just essentially says, you go figure it out. And, and if you can't figure it out, then come and ask questions. Most right. of the time, we don't even know what the questions are. Um, right. We don't know what questions to ask. And so there's, there's just, in, in so many cases, this general lack of an intentionality or plan. And, um, you know, a, a plan is good. You start to evaluate those first, first 30 days. Um, you know, you kind of have that in place and, and, and that has to be flexible as well because maybe the, the person is just blowing it out of the water and you need to move into the 60 or 90 days at, at day 20. Um, so you have to make those flexible as well. Um, but that onboarding process is huge because um, if you don't set them up for success, then really their success, I mean, their success is dependent upon you in those cases. Um, if you're not giving them the tools and the resources and the, and the intentionality and the plan to succeed, um, you're just setting them up for failure. And uh, that says as much about you as a leader as it does about them as a person. Huge. I agree. So, well, all right. Well, yeah. you know, the, 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 the you know, the, I think I'm going to, you know, one of the things I, I kind of want to throw out, uh, and it's not on the, 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 the three piece, uh, the, the three things, but, you know, there comes this point where you have to be willing to, 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 to fire somebody or to encourage them to find some, some other place to go. And that's really difficult. People don't like to do that. Firing is not one of those things that people like to do. Um, but I think you've got to have, you've got to have, if you have those measurables in place, the accountability in place, if you have the, if you see they're not fitting the, the values, you see they're not fitting the goals um, after 30, 60, 90 days, those kinds of things, that, that it's better to, to cut them loose uh, for them and for you. Um, and, uh, you know, to create that, that space where you, maybe you can make a, a, you know, kind of evaluate what you did, what you didn't do, how you can do things better, um, and do that evaluation process and then, and then look to hire maybe on a different level, uh, or for a different role. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And don't forget that they're probably miserable too. Yeah. When it's not a good fit, when I'm talking to people on the other side, on a career coaching side, and they're in interviews, I'm like, you're interviewing this company as much as they're interviewing you. Right. You are not desperate for a job and you do not want to get hired for the wrong job. That's not a great fit for you. So you need to be asking those questions because when someone does move into a, a role and it's not a great fit for them, they are unhappy too. They're struggling. And that's why in like career coaching, what we're talking about are what are your skills? What are your soft skills. How do you naturally show up? So I'm a very direct person. Well, if a direct person doesn't work in this organization and that's going to be offensive, that's exhausting for me to constantly be filtering and editing myself versus in an organization that's like, no, we like direct. We want someone who's not going to sugarcoat it. We, we want you to just say it. We have radical candor here and we want people to be honest and upfront. Great. That's my kind of organization. Yeah. So the, it, when you have that fit, it's a great fit. When you're different styles, it's not a great fit. And you're constantly colliding. You're colliding with them and they're colliding with you. And so they're not happy either. And usually people will tolerate it for security and safety. Yeah. And so they're hitting that Maslow safety and the need for food and shelter and providing. And so they'll, they'll stick with it. But in the long run, it's better for them and you to let it go if these things are not really meshing, but it really is on you to set the course up right. front as leaders. Like when we have that direction and the vision and we have a clear need, 
we have a clear role, not just, hey, we need someone to do it all. Hey, we need someone to take care of this whole chunk of the company. No, we have to have a clear role. We select well, and then we onboard well. Generally, we do set people up for success, and we know if it's going to be a good fit. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap up and uh, All right. we'll, we'll talk about, we'll just go over those three things one more time to have clarity on the direction, the vision, and the need, and what players are uh, needed for that, uh, for your team to make those things happen. Number two, to have a strong selection process. And then finally, to, to be solid with your onboarding uh, and make sure those three things, uh, if we make sure those three things um exist then you, you you increase the potential for success uh, with your talent acquisition yeah absolutely and leaders we love to hear from you if there's things that you have found that help you to make sure that you are communicating direction and vision in your hiring or your interview process share those ideas or put a link to your job posting whatever in the in the podcast or yeah. on youtube um, if you have secrets to success for strong selection, or maybe there's a matrix that you've used or different things that you've used to help make sure that you have a great fit, please feel sure to share that so other leaders can upgrade. And then also solid op onboarding, what works for you? Have right. you tried the first 90 days? Have you done the 30, 60, 90? What works, what doesn't? Always share your ideas because it helps everybody be better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, all right, well, we'll wrap that up for the day. Um, hope you have a, a great rest of your day and have a great week. And uh, we look forward to, we'll be back with you next week. All right. Thanks, Chris. Sounds good, David. Thanks chatting. All right, leaders, have a good week and you subscribe too. if to stay in Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to The Innovative Leader today. You can find us at anchor.fm slash innovative leader. You can find us also at our website, innovativeleader.co. We're on YouTube. We're on Apple Podcasts. So anywhere uh, you get your podcasts, uh, you can find us. Also, we'd love for you to rate us at Apple. That way we can uh, we can know what you think of our podcast and it helps us get... Um, elevated in the listings as well. Also, if you'd like to join uh, and maybe help um, support our podcast, you can do that as well. Go to anchor.fm slash innovative leader and click on um, the support option. And again, don't forget, send us messages about what you think uh, of our podcast today. Anchor.fm slash innovative leader.